Welcome to the MPFFU Podcast. The intent and purpose of the MPFFU Podcast is to support the mission to improve wages, working hours, and working conditions for its members. This podcast will disseminate evidence-based relevant information, resources, and strategies. To accomplish this, the MPFFU Podcast will provide reliable, factual, and actionable information that strengthens, empowers, and supports the MPFFU members and locals through United Action. Now our host, Jeff Lassers. Thanks, Matt. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Episode 4 of the MPFFU Podcast. I'm Jeff Lassers, and I have been a firefighter paramedic with the West Bloomfield Township Fire Department, Local 1721, since 2004. In this episode, I sit down with Scott Kariki, who has a depth of experience as a professional firefighter and an active union representative at the local and state level. Scott is a current firefighter paramedic with the Dearborn Fire Department, Local 412, as well as the MPFFU Recruitment and Retention Committee Chairperson. In this episode, Scott will help us appreciate the value of understanding the role and functions of the MPFFU and its locals. Then he'll describe the role of the Recruitment and Retention Committee, as well as their current functions and objectives. We finish off the conversation with Scott's recommendations on how MPFFU members can get informed, educated, and involved with Recruitment and Retention Committee initiatives. This turned out to be a very informative episode that provides a clear and concise overview of the MPFFU Recruitment and Retention Committee functions and initiatives. Please email us your feedback and tell us what you think about the show or send us ideas for future episodes to mpffupodcast at gmail.com. Also, check out our new Instagram account at m.p.f.f.u. And finally, please subscribe to the Michigan Professional Firefighter Union YouTube channel, where you'll find all sorts of informative and funny podcast content. Thank you, and enjoy the show. Scott Cricky, good afternoon. How are you? Good, sir. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Appreciate the opportunity. Right on. Why don't you let our listeners know who you are, what you do, and where you do it. My name is Scott Cricky. I'm the treasurer of Dearborn Fire Department Local 412. I've also been appointed to the brand brand new Recruitment and Retention Committee, and I'm the committee chair. Fantastic. Before we go on to do a little bit more of this, let's talk about appreciating the value and role of the MPFFU. Why should I appreciate value and understand the role and function of the MPFFU and its locals? The best answer that I could come with shooting off the hip here is that the locals link us to Lansing and Lansing links us to Washington, which helps the small pitcher turn into the big pitcher. Fair enough. All right. So before we get into talking about your committee specifically, I think it's really important to get like a 30,000 foot view from each person that we interview from the MPFFU. Over my career, I've learned to value the union more and more. I think the older we get, the more we realize what's going on in the world around us. And you realize that all these different groups that, you know, the MPFFU and all these other organizations certainly have an impact on what we do. Why should I, as an MPFFU member, appreciate, value, and understand the role and functions of this union and all of its locals? So essentially what I'm asking is, why is it such a big deal to be an active, knowledgeable union member? The simplest answer I can give is the millions, and I probably mean millions of things that are done behind the scenes to help us protect what we have and carry on through the next generation. Fair enough. And when we talk about protecting what we have, you know, we can always talk about wages, working conditions, and our future, and making sure we got the right training and safety. But I think the biggest thing is just making sure the right people are involved. 
because once people stop being involved, we stop meeting our goals and objectives, which means that we can't move the ball down the field and things don't get better for us. Absolutely. Well said. Oh, thank you very much. So the committees that make up the MPFFU specifically here in Michigan being a hub for the IFF and each spoke is like each state, like in Michigan, it's the Michigan Professional Firefighters Union, Ohio, it's the Ohio Professional Firefighters Union. And then in Michigan here, our state union is made up of several committees and you are the chair of the Recruitment and Retention Committee. What does your committee do? Other well, than the obvious, because it's right there in the title. Right. But- well, as the name implies, the committee formulates and operational strategies and resources to recruit, to retain Michigan professional firefighters. We can break it down to the two things, recruit and retain. Let's start with recruitment first. It's an active process. It includes seeking out and educating the next generation of firefighters. It's very challenging. The younger generations are trending toward, this is just something I'm going to do for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll do this for a while. The 25 and out and the 30-year gold watch at the end of the tunnel is not where this generation is at now. And so we need to recruit them to stay here for 25, 30 years, which leads us to retaining them to stay here for 25 to 30 years. And retainment is something that is new. It's understanding working with the government, retaining a strong professional fire service to support health, safety, wellness to all our communities, and most importantly, to work with our governments both at the local level, state level, again, in the national level, that we are here for the basis of one thing, to protect and serve our local citizens. So like you said, this is a brand new committee. Yes, sir. Generations are changing. Obviously, when I grew up, I'm semi-old, right? I'm 40 now. So I'm, I'm getting over that hill. I'm I'll be 47. Up. My guy. Me and you grew up at a time where our parents and our parents' parents kind of had us aim at something that was going to be stable, long-term, and provided us what we needed to have, the things we wanted in life. For me as a family and all the things, right? And so as we transition to maybe these newer, younger generations, the thought of being somewhere for 25, 30 years is not as appealing as it once was to these generations. So... I can understand being a new committee, you kind of have to address these new changes. It's not like you can just change it. You kind of have to roll with the punches. So give us a little bit of historical context to the need for this committee and some of those challenges you're experiencing to kind of get recruiting and then retain those people. Jeff, you said it best. This is brand new. This is, for lack of a better word, uncharted waters. We've never experienced this in the fire service. We're not the only service that's feeling this way, whether it's police service, pipe fitters, or any service like that. It's new to the communities. It's new to the departments. It's new to human resources. Many industries, including the fire service, is experiencing this. Originally, the intent of the Recruitment and Retention Committee was temporary. It was set up something in late fall of 2021. At the convention, it was voted on by our membership for this to be a permanent committee. So everybody at locals all the way up to the state level realizes how important this is. And what we can do is educate, educate our communities, educate our citizens, educate at the local level that this is a career and this is a career that you do for 25 to 30 years. Let's talk a little bit more about your committee and how it kind of serves that. I can understand the goal being is that you got to get after people and then we got to keep them there. And me and you tested against what, hundreds of other people probably at our agencies? Absolutely, sir. I can remember carpooling with friends um, where there was hundreds that the difference of you getting the job and someone else getting the job could be a half of a percent on a test. That it was so cutthroat that that person that got a 98% lost a job to the person that got a 99%. Like you stated, Jeff, there was people, you were going and applying for spots where there was 100 applicants. 
And all they were doing was creating a list because per the city charger, they had to have a list every two years. Those times are gone. You can basically walk in and have a chief's interview that day. Yeah, it's a much different world now, and I can understand those challenges. Tell us about the people that are helping develop this committee and really get a foundation under it. Obviously, you're the chair. Who's your vice chair? Vice chair is Michael Hewitson from Muskegon FD, and we have 14 total members, all from across the state, Southeast Michigan, Central, Lansing, East Lansing, all the way up to the UP. A diverse group of communities because you can't just serve like Dearborn. You got that semi-city, semi-suburb is much different than Muskegon, is much different than St. John's, is much different than West Bloomfield. Absolutely. And how we may recruit and retain in Dearborn is going to be different than Traverse City, is going to be different than, like you stated, Muskegon or Flint. But the most important thing is that we have an array of people on our committee from the age of 22 to the myself 46. I think there's a gentleman older than me. And I think that's a very, very important that we look at it all angles, all aspects, as we do as firefighters and paramedics. When Absolutely. we pull up on scene, we're doing 180s and 360s that fast. And that's the same thing. I'm very proud of the committee that President Sar was able to give me, that we can all look at it at different angles. And everybody comes up with some great ideas. Fantastic. And when did this committee meet? We minimally, and I say minimally because I feel like my phone is always going off and I'm always getting an email. We meet every quarter, which most committees do meet for the MPFU. But there's many, many phone calls, many, many texts, many, many Instagram posts. There's many, many emails, Zoom meetings. Because again, we're brand new. This is uncharted waters. Yeah, even if you had your ground really firm under you, I got to imagine still be a lot of phone calls, text messages, emails, Zoom meetings. Absolutely. And all that technology and how we can get out there is changing by the minute. Yeah, truly, truly. Why don't you give an overview of your projects you got going on? Maybe some near and future projects you got going Some of the projects we have going on now, or even a few weeks ago, we set up a new Instagram account. And for you that are not following it, it is m.p.f.f.u, all lowercase mpffu, a dot in between every one. Please follow it. Amanda West of Delta Township is handling that for us, for the MPFU, doing a fantastic job. It's a real great way of getting out there what locals are doing in the state of Michigan. Also, a very, very brand new website called mpffucareers.com created by myself and Scott Herity, working with, again, with Secretary Treasurer Chesney and President Saar in regards to that. Basically, it's created a quick link that if you are looking for a job and how to get the job, you go to mpfucareers.com and you will find it. And it's very, very quick and easy. Yeah, it's a really cool website. I quickly looked at it. I'm like, well, this is really easy. Agency, click here to get to the application or the website. You know, a lot of us might still know people looking for a fire job, and it seemed that that was a very convenient location. I remember picking up the Detroit Free Press on Sundays and looking to see which departments were actually hiring. 100%. Not only the paper, but I can remember 911 hot jobs paying for a web, paying to link to this website. Also, I can't remember the day, but every 30 days when people got safer grants, you would like, ooh. The new safer grants coming out, maybe blah, 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 city and or township is going to hire. Maybe I'll be able to apply. And it was once a month and they came out and you would read that list. Yeah. Now it's a little bit easier since everybody's hiring. Absolutely. (laughs) There's an open position pretty much anywhere. So you can pretty much find your flavor for what you like though. And if you go on the mpfucareers.com, it covers Northeast, Southwest of the state of Michigan. It's not just something very local to the Southeastern part or central to Lansing. It's got a wide array of, if you live in Lansing, You could go to this community college. If you live in the UP, this is where you'd want to go. That's a great resource for people trying to get in. Now, what about near future projects and operations? What's on the horizon? 
some things we're lurking on are QR codes, brochures, posters, more social media outlets, more engagements, working directly with high schools, counselors' offices, but also community colleges and universities that may have a paramedic program that have fire academies. And the number one thing we can say is, as my grandma would say, if there's not a dupa in the seat at the college, there's not a dupa on the fire truck. If you don't know what dupa means, it's what you're sitting on. A and chair. That's, Just kidding. And that's very, very important. And we're also looking at advertising at local malls and job fairs. And that's something that I would say in the next few months that you'll be seeing, that you'll just see our brand, that you'll see that MPFU pop up. You'll see that QR code. Maybe taking advantage of some eyes, looking at something and maybe somebody gathering some interest. Yeah. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, even my nephew called me the other day. He saw that Grand Rapids was hiring and he was never really interested in the fire service. Then he saw a video. Next thing you know, I'm getting phone calls from him that he's interested in being a fireman. I'm like, it worked. And that's <laughs> the thing. The one thing that I can't stop saying in my career is that we have a very, very unique career. And that career is that somebody dresses up on October 31st on Halloween with our job. Whether it's firefighter or paramedic, somebody dresses up to be like us. And if you were to walk into Target, Myers, or buy something on Amazon, you buy a toy fire truck. And that's what we are privileged with driving every day. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. You know, another thing that's cool is like tanks and army stuff, right? I hear there's a military transition initiative going on to maybe help our military service men and women transition to the fire service here in Michigan. We're working on something that we want to talk to actually like recruiters of the armed forces. Of course, we don't want to take anything for the armed forces because they protect us here and worldwide. But it's that idea that maybe you did your eight years in the United States Marine Corps and you don't want to resign. Well, maybe have you thought about this? Or you're a corpsman in the Navy. Have you thought about this? Have you looked into this? Could we link you from the armed forces to such city and or township and get your paramedic faster? Yeah, it's really a mission-oriented job, such as the military. We're a paramilitary organization. We have a very clear mission, and we carry that out in a similar fashion. And I think it'd be a great opportunity for those that want to continue a mission like that coming out of military service. So that's pretty cool. Now, what about this collaborating with museums? Well, something we're working on with the Ypsilanti Fire Museum, which is in Ypsilanti, which if you've never been out there, it is a diamond in the rough. It's great. It really is. I would say it's the Greenfield Village feeling of an old fire station. Yeah, and I'm not a buff in the sense of like, I mean, I love the fire service, don't get me wrong, but I'm not that guy who goes gaga over every little detail of a fire truck. But when I walked in that building, I was like, this is so cool. Absolutely. And it's an old fire station that they ran until I want to say the mid 70s. They have it set up like that. And the museum is split up in two ways where it's attached to the old fire station. So you can thus, like I said, Greenfield Village kind of feeling that you can walk through the way it was where like you could literally envision going down the pole in the showers. It's a three level, extremely well-educated people running that museum. We're working with something, possibly hosting parties there, possibly hosting a recruitment for lack of a better word, block party, something that we could have like a fair there, a job fair of sorts. Very inspirational to be of that rich history. You feel the depth of it when you're in there. Absolutely. Like I said, I was almost embarrassed that I had never took my son there. When I took him there, he was in shock. I was probably more in shock than he was. Right. He was like, Dad, can we do this? Dad, can we do this? Wow, I didn't know this. Wow. You know, correlating back with Smokey the Bear as we were children, we all know Smokey the Bear. Don't play with matches in the forest. Don't start a forest fire. Just seeing that through a five-year-old's eyes is impressive, and that's what we're working with. But back to the potentially of job fairs, working with community colleges, with public safety nights, that's something we haven't seen for a few years, unfortunately, due to COVID world of 2020. And we're just getting out of that, where people are back to doing more things face-to-face 
in public, in public eye. So Absolutely. I think that's something we'd like to see down the road of working with local colleges and communities for a public safety night. Yeah, there's a lot to be said about the face-to-face. There's something that happens that we can't measure yet, that when humans are physically next to each other talking and communicating instead of just over the phone or even via text or literal words on a screen, it doesn't connect the same way. Absolutely. So I, I, I've easier. said this a few times. I'm actually an instructor at Schoolcraft College, and you can say that the hose weighs this much. You can say that ventilation is this. You can read about it. And then when you actually go to the tower and you pick up that two and a half inch line or you roll in that five inch line, you realize how much water feels, what residual pressure feels like, what to actually see ventilation work. And that's what we do in our line of work. We have to see it. So what other initiatives do you got coming out with your recruitment and retention? One thing we'd like to do is work with our fire chiefs. Remember that this is not about management versus union or anything like this. This is us working together to preserve life, protect the house, protect the home, PD and FD working together and work with our local fire chiefs. This is a problem all across the board. And if we can work with them, they want those best people in their fire stations to protect their citizens. I couldn't agree more. And we got to get everybody involved to do this the right way. Yes, sir. On the same page. Absolutely. And now on the bigger picture, speaking just the MPFFU in general, now it's, it's obviously important that we gain people and kind of get back to the point where we have enough people butts in the seats to go on calls, right? But in general, getting more people involved in the MPFFU functions is going to be beneficial down the road for recruiting and retention and all the other committees with the goals and objectives that were set forth by our members. Can you list and describe how our members can be better informed, educated, or directly involved with MPFFU committees, goals, and objectives? Number one, start with your local union. Start with your own personal local. Attend union meetings. Instead of having the kitchen table chitter-chatter, you know, it started at one end of the table, and by the time it got to the other end of the table at lunch, it went from red to yellow. Go to your local meetings. Attend a district meeting. Very, very informative. Shake hands. Meet people. Everybody has the same story. There's an old saying that you can walk into any firehouse and everybody's usually talking about the same stuff. That you could leave $10,000 in your wallet on the kitchen table and it won't be touched. But if you leave that one slice of pizza on there, it's going to be eaten by the end of the day. I'm making a joke, but it's the idea that start local, go to your district meetings, and attend a conference. Maybe your local is small. Maybe have a charity event at your own local so more people can attend a conference and a convention. Each one of your committees posts information and your meeting minutes and stuff like that. Where can I access that information to kind of get up to speed with what's going on with your committee? We're working with the MPFU to plan documents that they're more available for everybody to look at and read and what we're doing. And we always keep President Sar and Secretary Treasurer Chesney available of what we're doing and just kind of cliff noting of what we're doing, what we got working, and then they'll distribute out to other locals, especially at a quarterly meeting. Yeah, so like all the committees do, they kind of get the information back to Sec Treasurer and the president, and then they redistribute it as needed with everybody else's, right? Because it's a lot of different functions, goals, and objectives going on, and they can kind of organize it and get it out to the right people. Absolutely. So what about your recommendations to all of our people out there? What are Scotty's recommendations? Scotty's recommendations. Well, as I already stated, people dress up for a profession in Halloween. You can go to Myers or Target and buy a fire truck. So a real, real simple one is... You see kids going down the street, honk the air horn, but maybe do it once you pass them so you don't scare them. Even helping out local businesses, going to that local business for that carryout or the ice cream. I'll give a great example. A gentleman was getting promoted. He wanted to take us out for dessert. We went to an ice cream shop. There must have been 12 little kids sitting in there. I made sure all 12 of those kids got pictures taken in the front seat of that fire truck. 
Now that front seat of that fire truck means something to mom and dad to see them, that they know where their tax dollars are going to protect and to serve their home and their children. That's the number one thing we can do is boots to the ground, smile and wave when we see that citizen. Remember that 90-year-old grandma that we pick up on the floor, that's somebody else's grandma. And that's what we have to remember. It starts right there. Keep showing the value to your community and what we need for the community. Invest your time and value. And by putting that little one in that front seat, maybe we inspired a future firefighter. Thank you, sir. I appreciate you very much. Thank you, sir. I appreciate your time. That is all for the show today, everybody. Thank you, Scott Kariki, for joining me on the fourth episode of the MPFFU podcast. I hope all of our listeners enjoyed the show and found it informative. Remember, this is a new show and there's always room to improve, so please email us your feedback and tell us what you think about the show or send us some ideas for future episodes to mpffupodcast at gmail.com. Also, check out the new MPFFU Instagram account at m.p.f.f.u. And finally, please subscribe to the Michigan Professional Firefighter Union YouTube channel, where you'll find all sorts of informative and funny podcast content. Have a great day.